Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the National Apartment Association Annual Conference, and this year it's in Atlanta. And we have Jim Wilson here with us. And Jim, a lot of people are concerned about what's going on with the, the new government, right? Our new president and Congress. Seems like a lot of things are potentially on the chopping block. You guys are instrumental in trying to help with that. What are some of the things that we might uh, might not want to happen out there. Right. Well, it's a great question, Michael. And I think the thing to keep in mind, it's been a long time since America has done comprehensive tax reform. It's been 30 years. And anyone who's been in commercial real estate, those who remember 1986, realize it didn't end well for commercial real estate. This industry woke up with a pretty bad hangover. Yeah. And and I was there. I was selling apartments and everything fell through. Uh, Freddie Mac owned all the apartments and the SNLs failed. Right. Right. (laughs) And we want to make sure that as they're considering it, now it's a unique situation. You've got unified control of the government, unified Republican control of the government. They're naturally oriented to want to do something with the tax code to make it more uh, friendly to growth and make it more friendly to prosperity and jobs. And that's those things are all wonderful. And we want to be part of a meaningful, smart reform of the tax code. But when you think about how certain things get cut, other things have to be looked at to pay for rate reductions. And we want to make sure that they keep in mind basic things like business interest, interest deduction, low-income housing tax tax credit, like-kind exchanges, 1031s, that sort of thing. We want to make sure that when we see the whole package, that it's going to be a net positive for the apartment industry, an industry, as you know, is uh, responsible for housing 39 million Americans, 12 and a half million jobs, trillions of dollars into the economy. So we're, we're, we've undertaken a campaign now before legislation's been written. It's called Protect the Lease. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone in the industry, not just NAA members, but anybody in this, in this industry, makes their voice heard with their member of Congress. Congress reaches out to them and says, if you're going to do tax reform, please do it the right way. Please don't do 1986 again. Yeah, please don't do that. And what would you say to the viewer or listener that says, look, Trump is a real estate guy. Do we really need to worry about this? Well, I think it's an interesting question um, because I think you've seen some stories the last couple of weeks. Uh, He is a really successful real estate investor. He's been a very successful developer. I was uh, born and raised in New York City. I've known that name long before he got involved in politics. He's had a lot of success, but he's used things like the business interest deduction. He jokes about being the king of debt because he's able to take on debt and develop properties and you know do, do all sorts of successful things. Other people see that from the outside and they say, well, I don't quite understand that. And if you don't like the president, all of a sudden it becomes a rallying cry. So it's a kind of a, a sticky wicket that we have to, I think, navigate in order to make sure that people understand. That's, that is a tool that's used throughout commercial real estate, certainly in the apartment housing industry. And it's to say, you know, you wake up tomorrow and you don't have the ability to deduct that business interest, that is a sea change. Uh, so that's just one of the facets that we're concerned about. Yeah, and that's a big one. And I think another one is the 1031 exchange. They're saying, you know, you talk about one that maybe some people not in our industry don't understand, but this could be devastating to the economy. There's a lot that goes on around a 1031 exchange that where money's changing hands with a lot of different businesses and companies, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a member, one of our, uh, one of the members of one of our committees uh, was explaining to me, it's a family business. She's been in it. Her family's been in it for decades. They have a portfolio that's worth in the tens of millions, maybe 
maybe even more, but they are able to use the like-kind exchange to get out of some of the older properties or, or redevelop some of the older properties that they have. If they lose the like-kind exchange, basically the net value of all their property instead of tens of millions or more would be basically a million dollars. So that's that's a real significant potential loss. Yeah, and it's incredible the amount of business that goes on. We do a lot of 1031s in my shop. Uh, we're based here in Atlanta and do business around the southeast. And I could tell you, without the 1031, there's going to be a lot of people losing money, attorneys, title companies, specters, construction, managers. I mean, uh, there'd be a lot of growth that would stop. And so how can, what's the easiest way for a viewer or listener to do something about this to maybe help out? Well, the thing that we've done, we set up a campaign. Uh, it's called Protect the Lease. We have a, what's called a microsite or basically a, a mini website. It's very uh, streamlined, uh, protectthelease.com. And you can go and learn about the issues that the industry is concerned about right now. You can send a message to your member of Congress. Uh, what we're doing here at the conference is we've set up a, a kiosk where people can also do those messages to Congress. Uh, so far in the month that the campaign has been live, we've done about 10,000 letters to Congress. About 3,000 of those have come in just the past two days. So we're very encouraged by the response here in Atlanta. Uh, there's other videos for personal testimonials from our members uh, who've gone, who've either used 1031 or who've developed uh, properties, affordable housing using low income housing tax credit. So some of their personal stories, but check out the website, share your story with your member of Congress, let them understand what the stakes are as they really get underway with tax reform. That's great. I'm glad you guys are doing that website. People can find more, they can do something about it. Great. Thanks for joining us today. Sure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's commercial real estate show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show with the National Apartment Association Annual Conference. And this year we're in Atlanta. We got to meet up with Greg Brown. And, and Greg, there's a lot of things going on with tax changes uh, around commercial real estate, but there's also some other legislative issues that we might want to be concerned about if you own or manage or invest in apartments, right? Absolutely. There's two other big priorities that we're focused on this year, Michael. Uh, one is ADA litigation. So there's a trend around the country right now where you have some pretty litigious individuals uh, individuals and their lawyers that are filing uh really spurious lawsuits on ADA grounds, claiming that there's a deficiency on a property. Now, these deficiencies are, uh, they don't provide any detail about what the actual deficiency is. They basically try to threaten you with a lawsuit if you don't pay them off to make the, to, and if you don't pay them off for this alleged deficiency, then they're going to sue you. And Without so, saying what it is. That's right. And a lot of, you'd be surprised, a lot of these letters say, you have an ADA deficiency, we're going to take you to court unless you, but you can pay, make a contribution to X or Y and we'll take care of this and it'll go away. Um, oftentimes they extortion it's exactly like it. it's exactly like that and sometimes the deficiencies themselves they're not even visiting the property they use Google Earth and they look at the way the, the parking lots are painted or their curbs are cut or all these sort of things so what we have uh, what we're supporting is some legislation in the Congress that would provide for a 120 day right to cure period so if a deficiency was claimed on a property an owner would have 120 days to uh, fix that deficiency before litigation could start it's a pretty reasonable approach we think in the legislation
legislation is actually bipartisan, which is also good. Um, so we're pursuing that pretty heavily because this is a problem that's not just used to be California and Texas and Florida, but now it's Indiana, it's um, Colorado, it's all over the country. And you think about right to cure default, you usually have that in any contractual obligation. You have it in commercial leases. Right. So we think, hey, thanks for telling me, give me some time to fix it there, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And we never get to that point in these lawsuits. It's really a matter of either pay, pay us our, our, our fee, so to speak, or we're going to see you in court. And most owners, especially smaller owners who don't have a lot of legal resources at their disposal, will simply just write the check to make it go away. So we're trying to help those folks especially. Right. And another issue for owners, especially when it comes to financing their properties, is, is flood insurance, right? Absolutely, yeah. The National Flood Insurance Program is one of those uh, federal programs that can really help uh, bridge the gap in the insurance sort of picture or larger puzzle for a, an apartment owner. And that program expires this summer. So uh, the, the Congress has to reauthorize it in September by September. And so we've been working to make sure that reauthorization happens. It happens on a long-term basis, so we have some certainty going forward in the market. And there are some reforms made to make sure that apartments are treated on an equi equitable basis with single family and other structures. So. Yeah. And so what uh, would you say to the listener reviewer, and I asked this question before, yeah. that, hey, Trump's the president. He knows real estate. Do we really need to worry about this? Well, I think, uh, as uh, as uh, you've probably heard, is sometimes Mr. Uh, Mr. Trump is an asset for us because he does know real estate. And sometimes uh, he can be a bit of a liability, not because of anything he's done, but come of his perception in the marketplace. And some people, especially on Capitol Hill, is, and no one will be surprised, there's some partisanship on Capitol Hill. And <laughs> some folks in the other party don't really agree with him. And if there's an opportunity to challenge him or put him in a tough spot, they're going to do that. And so sometimes that occurs. Um, and, and so sometimes that real, real estate experience or the, or the success that he's had can uh, cut both ways. Okay. How can the listeners get involved? How can they help? Well, just like on tax reform, we have this protect the lease uh, effort that we've undertaken that you know about. We're also encouraging anybody who uh, who uh, cares about the flood insurance, national flood insurance program or cares about flood insurance protection for their own properties to get engaged on that issue. They can contact any of us at NAA. We can help them with that. On ADA, I my, my biggest uh, suggestion would be if you're experiencing one of these drive-by lawsuits, as we call them, you need to share that information with us at NAA so we can really track where these things are happening and respond appropriately. But we'd also want to get those folks to engage on with Congress as well. Okay, good. And who should they contact me and then I'll contact you? <laughs> sure, well, they, they can contact me if they would like, Greg okay. Brown at gbrown at naahq.org is my email address, uh, but the call is at our main office in Arlington. Happy to help. Perfect, Greg. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Michael. Enjoyed it. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit BuildOut.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show with the National Apartment Association Conference here in Atlanta. We have the opportunity to meet with Paula Munger. And Paula, I think a lot of people are concerned in a lot of markets around uh, the U.S. that maybe apartments are overbuilt. But there seems to be demand just continues to grow. And, and where are we? Are we going to see more demand? Are we getting overbuilt? 
not at all. I think there's certain markets and certain segments, like the luxury sector, where we're starting to see some overbuilding. Um, but we just did a study, uh, NAA and NMHC, um, commissioned a study from Hoyt Advisory Services, and they found we need 4.6 million apartments across the country by 2030 at all price points. All price points. Right. Okay. Well, that's good news because I think, you know, we're here in Atlanta where the conference is uh, today and this year, and uh, you see a lot of cranes and yes. uh, you see a lot of properties under construction. Yeah, so Atlanta actually ranks fifth of 50 metro areas that we studied in terms of the number of apartments they're going to need. So, And the, the thing is, is we just haven't been keeping up with the demand over the past decade or so. So over the past five years, Atlanta, for instance, only built 4,500 units per year approximately, and going forward they're going to need about 12,000 a year. So that's a tremendous increase, and a lot of that's driven by um, just the demographic changes we hear about, the aging population. They're starting to move into apartments. Immigration is a key driver behind um, apartment demand, as is put the millennials who are putting off marriage and children. Okay. And what do you say to viewers and listeners who are maybe concerned about uh, affordability? You know, a lot of these new apartments, uh, the rents are pretty high when you talk about the land costs and construction costs today. Yeah, it's hard for builders of apartments to pencil out. Um, they, they need to be profitable. So one of the things we're also doing is coming up with a toolkit for policymakers and how public-private sector can work together to um, get apartments to a more affordable level. Okay, and if a, a listener is uh, in in the government side uh, or they are a developer, um, how can they get some more information from you guys? Um, they could go to weareapartments.org. That's where we have all of our research um, that we just released, and also naahq.org and find information about about this research. Okay, and any other things they would tell to people who own apartments, they manage apartments now, uh, that maybe they're in a market or a building that's a little older, maybe they, they'd like to, to see a little more demand. Any tips for them? Yeah, well, we found that 51% of apartments across the country were built before 1980. Now, some of those have been renovated, um, but for the ones who aren't, um, it's very simple fixes that an um, owner can do, like adding a washer-dryer to a unit, those kinds of things. So even if you're not doing the super high-end amenities, um, common space, so bringing people together. Um, a lot of the residents just want that sense of community, and you could do that, and it does not cost a lot of money. Yeah, and when it comes down to it, it's still a service business, too, so you also have to have the right people on the front lines, right? Right, exactly, exactly, and that's that's key, and just getting for residents to be able to tell you what their issues are and, and really and respond to those in, in real time is that's becoming a more popular amenity, just, you know doing all that online. Yeah, and one of the things I've seen in some of the older buildings and older properties that maybe the management is not as sophisticated, uh, and it's the leasing process, right? It's the, when you go, when somebody goes to the site, to go to the property, what's that process like? What, is there a good model unit? How well are they treated? And, and how good, does, how does the property look? Sometimes I see that it's a, maybe it's almost a little difficult for people to rent in an apartment, and you know, that can hurt your occupancy as well, right? Right, exactly. Um, and one of the things I heard from uh, one of our executives here today is if you don't, if that 
prospective resident comes in and they don't have a good Wi-Fi connection, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. yeah, you just have to keep all of these things in mind. It's so competitive out there, um, even with older properties. So just do what you can to distinguish yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and also in commercial buildings, we sell office buildings and things, and we find that some people lose their cell service in certain areas, and you're having to really power that now so that people's cell phone works all the time. So I'm sure the apartment, you have a little, most part have a little bit younger clientele. They've got to have that Wi-Fi. They've got to have right. that connection. Right. That's really important. We did amenities research recently where we looked at how much extra money tenants are willing to pay for certain amenities. And certainly um, Wi-Fi being wired was, was a big part of that. Yeah. How much are pets uh, a concern today? It seems like maybe some of the younger crowd is maybe is not uh, attached to their pets or are they still? Is that a big deal? Do you really have to allow pets? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's um, that's really one of the most awesome, most popular and the biggest revenue generator for an owner is because it, it doesn't cost a lot to implement. There are obviously a lot of things you have to be concerned about, but that's really important. People are attached to their pets, especially now I think that they're putting off that family and marriage a little later. What's the age demographic of the tenants today? It seems like maybe that demographic is, is getting a little older than it used to be. Yeah, I mean, the within the past 10 years, the, the highest growth in demographics is the baby boomers, so over actually over 50. Um, that doesn't mean that they're making up the largest amount of renters. It's still the younger set. That, that's a big component of renters. But we are seeing um, older folks um, getting back into the rental into the rental game, right. as it were. So if I went and rent an apartment, they'd let me listen to my old journey music and stuff? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all generations are enjoying it. It's multi-generational living now, so yeah. the baby boomers want the millennials around, millennials want the baby boomers around. So. Yeah. All right, good information, Paula. Thanks for joining us. Sure, thank you. Michael Bull with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Hi, this is Michael Ball. Check out Plum Lending, the $1 to $25 million commercial real estate specialist. Plum offers you speed, certainty, and preferential turns because it's all driven by technology. Visit GetYourPlumLoan.com. That's GetYourPlumLoan.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're at the National Apartment Association's annual conference, and this year it's in Atlanta. And we have here Lauren Kelly. And Lauren, you're part of the National Lease Program. So for our listeners that are interested in multifamily and the multifamily world, what is the National Lease Program at NAR? Uh, not NAR, NAA. NAA. Um, the National Lease Program is the NAA Click and Lease, which we have in 49 states and the District of Columbia, three provinces in Canada, and soon in England and Wales. We also have the Click and Lease in Texas through our partners at the Texas Apartment Association, and overall that encompasses over 5 million units using our lease forms. So what's the Quick and Lease mean? It must be quick and the online. Quick and click. Click and lease. Okay. I think it's quick and. Yeah, okay. click as in with your mouse. So okay. everything can be done online. Yeah. Folks can enter data into their property management system. Those data fields, the resident information, the move in, move out, the fees are then imported into our lease documents and those are generated. So it cuts down on errors. From there, we also offer a free e signature 
So you can do an entirely paperless process, and then your forms are uploaded into our free document management. And I say free because it's all inclusive. You get the lease forms, which we review on an annual basis with our local attorneys, our local associations, and through a business network of all of our users. And so they're okay for each state? They are. So we have a state lease, and in some jurisdictions that are a little more uh, persnickety, if you will, um, Montgomery County, Maryland, Seattle, Chicago, we have a specific lease just for them because they have so many spe you know, specifications that you have to follow. So if you're in that area, you have a completely catered lease to that city. Okay. And does this lease document also incorporate any of the application process, a security deposit or move-in, move-out inspection type of things? We do. We have move-in, move-out forms. The security deposit is incorporated into our lease so far as what you pay up front, how you get it back, what goes into the move-out process, and you know what the tenant has to do, what the landlord is responsible for, so that all of our residents are aware of the law. We like to think of it as a very balanced and formative document, and that's why in a lot of places it's seen very favorably by judges and associations. Yeah, it's a standard lease, right? Yes. How many pages is it generally? Um, about six to twelve, so <laughs> okay. it's standard yet not short. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so far as other forms, we are in the midst of launching our application wizard. So the application can be done completely online through any type of tablet. Um, it can be done by a resident on or off-site. They input the information, generates the application, and then your folks at your community can start running background checks and begin the leasing process. Okay. And do you need to be a member of the association? You do. Um, so in order to purchase our product, you have to be a member of your local affiliate. So whether that's a city or a state, you're automatically then a member of the National Apartment Association and privy to all of the local, state, and national benefits, including access to our lease forms. Yeah, I used to manage apartments when I first started in this business, and then I started selling apartments. And, you know, the lease document I thought was one of the most important things. In fact, I used to sit down with two new tenants, and, you know, there's four or five items I'd highlight and say, I want to make sure you see this, mm -hmm. right? So I guess there's places, too, where you probably initial it, and do they get a copy online? Does that get emailed to the resident, that sort of thing? Yep, they can get a copy and just download it. They can be paperless too. I know most people just save stuff on their computer. It's much easier. And from our side, so far as highlighting important aspects of the lease, we're also now offering education to our members and doing legal webinars where I work with our local attorneys. They point out the important new changes to their lease, some frequently asked questions that they get, and then point out some things that they see as common errors so that folks on site at the communities are you know, really in tune to what they need to pay attention to so far as filling out data and explaining to the resident because, you know, in the worst case, if it makes its way to court, we also want to make sure they're prepared in that instance as well. Yeah, well, those are good points. So what are some of the things that are more common mistakes that people should avoid? Um, I think the biggest one is not filling in a field. Um, whether you put in zero or you put NA, you know, just leaving out any type of ambiguity in your lease documents because wording is really key. And that's something that we spoke about today earlier in a fair housing session here at the education conference, just to point out how NAA really hones in on the wording, just to make sure that we're up to date with current trends, current issues that might be facing our members, and pointing out to them how the wording they use, not just in our forms, but in all of their other policies and procedures is very important, especially for fair housing. Yeah, and that's regarding leases mainly. So what are some other uh, 
mistakes that people should avoid when they're managing apartments? You guys were, you just had a panel, right? Mm -hmm. What, what kind of jumped out as people said, oh yeah, that's a good one? Um, I think the biggest thing is if people don't take residence on a case-by-case -case basis. If you're lumping anyone into a group because of something they're doing or who they are, you know, that's a fair housing issue. You need to look at every single case. You need to follow up with your residents, keep open lines of communication, and document everything that goes on. So you know in that particular instance if it's something that adversely affects you and to prevent it from doing the same to the resident. That's interesting. So if at my community they lump me to a group of people who listen to the Beatles, that's not good. Right? <laughs> I can't say that's bad because I love the Beatles. <laughs> okay. Anything else that uh, people should avoid uh, mistake-wise? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head, but there's a lot. And I do suggest if you have that question that anyone speak with their company so far as their best practices, speak with their local attorney, because we do stuff from a state level, but you know, your locality is your governing jurisdiction and your attorney is going to be the best resource. So speak with your attorney and if you have any fair housing questions, get an open line of communication and some type of relationship with your local fair housing representative because it's better to ask questions before they become a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So. I, I talk to some apartment owners and they're not a member and when I managed apartments I thought membership was fantastic and I don't see how you did without it. What are a couple of other benefits of membership that somebody that's thinking about it maybe for the forums uh, might also enjoy? Um, aside from the forms, we offer certificate programs through our NAA Educational Institute. That can be for folks doing maintenance, for leasing, for um, you know just leasing professionals, for community managers. You get a lot of resources online through online and on-site training done through our affiliates. There are continuing education credits that you can earn at places like the Education Conference. And also, when you're doing that, you have a massive network of peers. So, you know, the things you learn talking to folks in other regions, they might help you down the road. Just being part of a larger community, whether it's for education or being part of our grassroots efforts, it's good to be a part of that community so you're part of the dialogue and you can help move the whole industry forward. Yeah, that's a good point. I think everyone should join if you own or manage apartments. Lauren, thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit RealCrowd.com. Choose between Core, Core Plus, Value Add, or Opportunistic. Visit RealCrowd.com. Hello, Michael Bull here with America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We're in, in Atlanta at the National Apartment Association's annual conference, and we have Bob Pinniger here, and he's president and CEO of the National Apartment Association. And Bob, you've been there for six years now, right? Yes. And you know the apartment market is, is uh, industry has changed a good bit over six years. Tell me about the convention 
this year and the tone and, and the concerns and how is it different than years past? Well, I mean, this, this the show has actually grown tremendously over the last 10 years. I remember the first one that I went to was a 4,000 people at the Las Vegas Hilton and now we're pushing 10,000 people at this conference. So it's tremendously grown. It's Atlanta, that's why. It's Atlanta. It, well, it, and, and they do say 85% of the country is within a two-hour flight of Atlanta. So that, yeah. that, does, that helps as well. I mean, from the standpoint of the industry, the energy and the tone of the industry is very optimistic. I mean, people are excited about what they're doing. When they come to a major show like this, they they have a chance to meet with their friends, they have a chance to make new friends, build their network, learn some, see people like Michael Phelps, who dish spoke today, who is, was amazing messages that he gave about committing to something and following through. Uh, so those are the things that people come to for the show. They bring that energy back to their businesses, back to their, their sites, and they really reinvigorate what they're doing professionally. I heard he was swimmingly good. He was swimmingly good, and he <laughs> wouldn't tell us about what happened with the sharks, but he did reference that he was in the water with sharks. Wow. For, okay. that shark, for the Shark Week thing in July. Right, right. So what are some of the major themes uh, this year of the conference? Some of the major conference themes this year is we're really looking at technology and data and what's happening around all those issues because with some of the major data breaches we've seen, that's increasingly a concern for the industry, technology as a technology advances. We're definitely concerned about potentially tax reform and what that's going to do to the country. You know, the industry has, uh, has, has been in very good shape. We've had a good run with regards to providing housing for people, but the wrong policy decisions implemented too quickly could potentially change everything and that's something we're definitely concerned about and that's why we're mobilizing the industry here to really make their voice be heard in Washington. Yeah, I used to manage apartments and I still sell them at my company and sometimes I'll see uh, owners of apartment complexes that aren't a member and I just don't think they realize all the benefits. What are a couple benefits that maybe someone might not realize they get out of being a member of the National Apartment Association and, and their local group? Well, you know, it, it's for those people that aren't members, and there's always going to be somebody out there that says, well, I don't really need it because I know it all. <laughs> the challenge is this is an ever-changing industry. And so whether you're in Atlanta or whether you're in Tucson or whether you're in New York City, there's this industry is constantly evolving and changing, whether it's changing laws, whether it's case, cases that are going on, regulations from regulatory agencies. That's a big part of what we do in keeping people legal, keeping them compliant, and keeping them in a situation that they can do the best they can possibly be. The other side of it is really whether whether you're joining NAA or a local affiliate is you're tapping into a network of expertise that you can draw upon, people you can talk to because you build relationships, and you're going to get a lot out of it. The old saying is you don't get anything out of something if you don't put some time and energy into it, and that's true of association membership as it is working in your own business. Yeah, that's true. And what do people maybe get out of the conference that they didn't expect to get? I think some people think of conferences and uh, there's trinkets and you're talking to vendors, but uh, what might they get they didn't expect? Well, I mean, the sessions that we've been doing with bringing in, like we had, we had the, the chief marketing person for the NFL come in last, yesterday and, and she was speaking, and the people I've talked to said they gained insight into things they never really thought about because you get too busy in your daily lives and dealing with the problems that are in front of you, and coming to an event like this where you can disconnect at least 
least partially for a couple of days because there's always the job is always there. You never really get a chance to leave it. But getting a chance to listen to somebody like that and trying to take that and apply that into what you're doing, those are the things that are very important. And I know that we have other speakers that are going to be going on and sessions that are going on throughout this week that are really going to be able to help people bring home that little edge is going to help them in being more successful than their competition next door. Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of people in, in whatever business you're in, you get caught up doing the business day-to-day -day, uh, and you go to, to a convention event like this with so many experienced people uh, and you get a chance to maybe to look at your business in a different way and get some new ideas, right? It's, it's new ideas. I mean, and from my standpoint, I have the entire industry here. So I'm talking to people, whether they have hundreds of thousands of units or whether they have 10 units, and really talking to them about what they need, what they want, what they expect. So I can take it back when I get back to work next week and figure out how can I make the association better to serve this, this population. And so it's also an opportunity for me to learn from them what they need to be successful. Right. And that's uh, that's who you serve here, these members, right? The members, definitely the members. All 72,000 of them. 72,000. Yes. Wow. So what would be a parting tip for people who own or manage apartments or in the industry? I think that when you when you this is a people business first first and foremost, and so we do talk a lot about the asset and we talk about the the bricks and sticks and mortar and all those sort of things, but in the end it's people business. And so the things you can do to make your residents happy, to attract the people that you need to move into your units so they don't sit vacant for long periods of time, you know those are the successes that drive your NOI, that make you that make you successful in what you're doing. And so from the standpoint, it's always the people. Excellent tip. Get the, get the right people, train them right, and take train care them right. of them. Take care of your people, yeah. have your people take care of the customer, yeah. and you're going to be in good shape. That's right. Bob, great information. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions. Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Plum Lending, online commercial real estate loans. Build Out, marketing for your brokerage. Barnes Creative Studios, commercial real estate video production.